everyone and welcome to the SBK betting podcast. A very happy Easter to you all, but most importantly, a very happy birthday to our resident pundit, Tom Collins. And you've got a birthday treat in store. What a way to celebrate it with the all weather uh, championships this weekend. Um, I know that Easter and Easter egg hunts and all that with a little one will be uh, on top of your mind. Um, but uh, only second to that will be this all weather card that we've got um, on Friday at Newcastle and in Lingfield. It's, uh, it's just, um, as always, a cracking um, day's racing. We've obviously got the weekend's action as well, but we're going to be focusing on the all-weather championships and uh, we hope that um, it can provide some birthday treats for you Tom you must love this every year after year yeah especially because it comes on a Friday as well it's not just you have to wait to a Saturday for the one big race day of the week but it's on a Friday um, usually I work from home on a Friday so it just brings that extra bit of spark around my birthday as well some leading horses coming back to uh, to racing after winter off yeah I love it I love all weather finals day yeah, it's also we crown the all-weather champions over, over, over different trips, different distances, um, both equine and human as well. So the, so the jockeys that have been leading the way, um, uh, the likes of, of Kevin Stott and Danny Muscat, the, 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 the apprentices as well. There's just like, there's, there's been a good winter and we've seen some seriously good horses thriving on this surface. And I suppose that's what, what it all culminates in, isn't it? So there were plenty of races that we were going to um, look at, we could have looked at, but we're going to focus focus on the final race at Newcastle on Friday, which is obviously Good Friday. It is the all-weather sprint championships condition stakes of over six furlongs. And one of these horses that's just been having just rolled through one race to the next is uh, Mick Appleby's Anaf. James Doyle is booked to ride a very positive jockey booking for this horse who um, likely to head out favourite. Uh, Diligent Harry, who he got the better of um, in his last run, is also in the race of a dream, who was a winner at Doncaster in the Cameron's Trophy. She's re returning quite quickly back on the all-weather surface. You've got Summergand, who had a big day in the sun last year in the Air Gold Cup. Mums Tipple, who's the quirky yet lovable um, horse who uh, has been running a lot better this winter than he has done for a long time. And then Ada McGuinness has brought over Harry's Bar. So it's a good feel to this race. And Tom, um, we have to start with Anaf, as I said, cracking winter cr campaign. He's well-drawn. It's off-level weights. He's beaten... Um, diligent Harry uh, so it's his race to lose what's what's he got to beat yeah he's still unexposed after 14 starts Mick Appleby is known for um, these all-weather campaigns with his leading horses over the winter and as you say he beat diligent Harry last amount in the catchy stakes when I tipped diligent Harry on this podcast I was actually on the golf course when the race was going off uh, and I paused my tee shot everyone else had to wait while I watched the event at Lingfield and diligent Harry got chinned right on the line by a naff which I wasn't happy about so Anaf does owe me a few quid. Uh, so does Diligent Harry saying that. But I'll be uh, looking against both of them. I think Diligent Harry would be a leading player in here, apart from the fact that last night he really disappointed in France. And it's hard to uh, overcome that from a punter, given he's around 7-2, almost joint favour right now. And Anaf, the only negative I have for him, well, there's two actually. The major negative I have for him is the track because all of his uh, last three victories have come round left-handed, turning all-weather tracks, and this is going to be a straight course at Newcastle. So slightly different track. The second negative is that there isn't really a bona fide front runner in here. And Anaf, albeit he has a very good turn of foot, so if this does turn into a sprint, he's going to be a leading player. He tends to like to have a fast pace to chase because then he can use his turn of foot while the leaders are fading. He's picking up in the closing stages and he comes from midfield or last to first. 
Slightly different situation here. Um, and at the prices, I think you've got to look elsewhere, despite the fact I do fear him from a talent uh, perspective. The Dream, I have question marks about her as well. Coming back after just six days after running on really deep ground at Doncaster. Now, if you re- if she reproduces that effort, then obviously a leading player, but completely different con- uh, conditions in this event. Summergand, I really like as a horse. Who doesn't? He's been a veteran over the years. Uh, always seems to run his race. Got good form with most of these. Ties in really nicely. I think the track will suit. And if he's in a, a good position early on, he could be a major threat because he has a wicked turn of foot, despite the fact he's now a nine-year-old. He was the last off my shortlist, but I ended up siding with the uh, the lovable, as you've said, mum's tipple. I don't think he's the best horse in the race, nor do I think he's got the best draw. Some people will be asking, why are you backing him? Um, he's got early speed. Uh, despite the fact he's been running over longer trips. I think six furlongs is fine for him. Got early speed and he should be able to get into a nice position, maybe second or third early. And from there, he'll have first crack at the prize. And at the prices, positioning is in all weather racing and flat racing in general is the most important factor. People say about pace. Yes, that's very important about, you know, characteristics, turn of foot, acceleration, stamina, all of this. But positioning is the main thing. And he should be in the best position with a furlong or two to run. He produced a near career best uh, performance last time out of Lingfield, which was um, quite heartwarming, really, given we thought we saw the best of him back at York early in his career. He now gets a major, major jockey upgrade to Sean Levy. And I think he's got a fantastic chance because a straight track is definitely up his street. We've seen his form in the past on straight tracks, Ascot and York, albeit their turf tracks, not all weather. Um, they're, they're the two best pieces of form in his resume. So I'll take mum's tipple. I am a little bit scared of Summerhand, a little bit scared of Anaf if the race develops nicely, but uh, at the prices, Richard Hannon's runner for me, Jess. Yeah, I like him as well. He's my selection. I just, um, my, they've been inventive with him, haven't they? They've tried him over seven. They really campaigned him over that a couple of seasons ago. Also stretched him out to a mile. But I really think he is just a staying six furlong kind of horse, isn't he? He just sees out a six furlong really well. So even though that they tried him over seven last time and he won over seven and he obviously completely bombed out over a mile the time before this 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 six at this kind of Newcastle galloping trap I think that that could really benefit him do you think that's fair fair enough yeah I think that's very fair um even if this does turn into a sprint they're going to be sprinting from some way out so those horses just have one run and then tend to flatten out aren't going to be seen at their best at this track no matter how this race develops mum's tipple has that extra stamina if it turns into a fight late on between mum's tipple and a bona fide six furlong uh sprinter or even you know, a seven on sprinter that's dropping back to six. I'll be back in mum's table to come out on top in that fight every day. Yeah, I think his price, which is around nine to one, is reflective of the fact that he's not been able to back up a victory, I don't think, ever, has he? He's, you know, he had that massive win at York, but then he, he sort of, I think right back in his two-year-old days, he was a winner and then won again, but he hasn't been able to reproduce like excellent, excellent form after coming back into the winner's enclosure. So he is a bit of a... He's a he's a bit of a loose cannon, is Mum's tipple, but as I say, a bit of a lovable rogue at the same time. And I'm um, I'm with you, TC. Um, the sand plodder lover, uh, Ross Miller himself. I must say that that's exactly what he has described himself, not what anyone else is describing him. He's self-confessed now. Um, I know that you um, have been doing going deep into this uh, sand um, form studying. How far have you got into the likes of Qatar and the likes? Have you looked into the form outside of just the UK to work out Summergand and the likes, how their form might just be representative in here? Probably not as deep as TC 
TC is Doug, but I will I will just say uh, how TC has changed his mind. Cast yourself back to the 11th of August last summer when I napped Mum's tipple. TC called me mad. Um, I actually have the same the same shorts as, as TC. Mum's tipple and summer hand. Um, I I just looking at this race and and you know we have to acknowledge TC of the three of us is the all weather expert here. Yeah, not not me. But when I looked at it, I struggled to see an abundance of pace, and that just put me off Mum's tipple. I thought this track, if there was a fierce pace, I'd have been with Mum's tipple because I think he will stay really really well and it was actually the 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 change of gear that tc mentioned about summing hand that that drew me over to to him uh his fourth at lingfield behind anaf and diligent harry um just got going too late you know he his his race was lost in the early stages but he finished to great effect beating a length and a quarter he's now three pound better off with them um i just thought at the price disparity uh, i couldn't make that out really and i think he's a he's a classy horse you know on the turf he's probably the best of these um he's got to purely translates that to the newcastle weather but i just thought at the price he'd do for me yeah i i, know, I thought he was quite eye-catching um at some and um, he's a he's a horse that um get that david omera has got so right in the past and yeah as i say he's got that all weather form um yeah he's um he's a he's a consistent type of horse that you can really rely on um and Danny Tudor knows him uh, very well as well and he's, he's a decent price I think he's around seven to one um for this all-weather sprint championships condition stakes uh Newcastle hosts um the best of the racing but it's difficult to separate it really there's some horses at Linkfield as well in what used to be the all-weather finals uh, location um but um this is where that you, you'll see the all the big stars at Newcastle, but you've got the, the best of the apprentices on show at Lingfield. Um, we're going to get to Naps next best. I found it really difficult. I'm actually cheating. I'm going to throw in two two next best selections here. Um, but Ross, you had a good weekend last weekend with Marshall and your nap landing at 130. We have to say Good Friday isn't the only piece of bit, bit of racing over the course of this weekend. We're obviously recording here on the Thursday. We've got declarations for Saturday. There's lots of jumps action. Um, we've got Fairy House has got the Irish National on Monday as well. Um, there's so much we could choose on, could choose from. So, Ross, what have you found for us over the course of this this big weekend? Yeah, it's a nice bit of racing on uh, on Saturday. Hope uh, dear old Mrs. Miller, when she's doing the Easter egg hunt, saves a few back from me, so I can munch on a bit of chocolate watching the racing on Saturday afternoon. Um, I, I have passed over Good Friday, and I've gone both nap and next best on the Saturday. The nap comes in the five o'clock from Haydock. Uh, the Ryan Potter train for Zait. Um, back over fences now and up to two mile four, having been running over hurdles over two mile two, two mile three. Um, and has been given some uh, overly patient rides, um, doing a lot of good work late on when the races are sort of have gone. The mark is coming down. So the yo-yos between the mark in the high 90s and the low 100s, now down to a mark of 99. Kaylin Quinn, who rides really well and, and, and does very well with this horse, has won uh, twice on him. Uh, gets back on board. I didn't think this looked like a strong contest. The last win for this horse did come over fences off 96. Won comfortably that day. A mark of 99 and back over fences. I think looks a good uh, setup for this horse uh, in the five o'clock at Haydock. And then the next best also at Haydock earlier on in the card, the 240, uh, the staying handicap race. And right down near the bottom of the weights, and it's a horse that's perhaps going to have to step up a little bit, but it's Ladrone. Um, it's a really likable horse, this, and, and very adaptable. Has, has run well all through the winter. The last win, though, came uh, over 
this trip uh, was at Catterick um, and was a really game winner on that occasion. And I don't think Catterick suited. It's quite a sharp track and he sort of got a bit outpaced, but he was really gutsy uh, to get up close home. Um, he's got 10 stone 11. William Shanahan takes uh, seven pounds off. Um, he's got to do it in a class two now, but he has won a class three. He'll stay really, really well. I'd like a bit of rain for him, um, but I think the longer straight at, at Haydock will help him. Uh, so he'd be the next best in the 240. Okay, brilliant. Um, some uh, jumps action for us um, to get our teeth into this weekend. Um, Haydock um, has got a good card, plenty of rain around as well. So it's proper all weather, um, proper winter weather um, at the moment um, for uh, expecting sort of the spring ground horses coming to their own. Um, it'll be intriguing, especially how much rain we'll get for Aintree, which will be our next big preview as well. Um, that's all coming up. But let's go back to the all weather because I'm sure um, TC that. That's where you found um, your nap and next best. What have you dug out for us? Because I found it really difficult to pin one down. There's so many horses coming into the, these contests in, in excellent form. Yeah, some really competitive racing, not even just on the weather, but also at Bath on Friday. Um, there was, a, I think, 265 horses declared that weren't, a uh, not declared, sorry, that weren't able to get into the races, which is just remarkable. Obviously, huge prize money there. Um, the ground's pretty testing, so I will just, you know, watch Bath rather than have a, a play there because early season on soft ground, you know, there's lots of variables and imponderables you have to factor in. So the Napa Next Best are both going to be at Newcastle. Uh, the nap's going to be Manifith, and she runs in the 410, the Phillies Emeritus Championship. This is kind of the banker selection. Uh, she's a highly talented filly, almost exclusively being kept to the all-weather uh, in her career. She's only had eight starts, six of those on syn synthetic surfaces, and she's won all six. Uh, Roger Verin's clearly panned out uh, throughout her career, her schedule, aiming her at all these big all-weather races. And this is her final event before she's going to be covered by Minzal at Stud. So I imagine she's going to be 100% ready to go. This is going to be her huge target, the race that they've been waiting for and trying to win with Manifith. Last time out in the Tantridge Stakes at Lingford, I thought she was very good. Uh, came from last to first to win that race. And she'll be two nice horses in second and third as well. She's facing William Haggis's uh, Queen Aminatu, who's a very good horse, and she's actually rated higher uh, than Manifith is. But I think Manifith has race fitness on her side. She's a better horse on the all-weather than Queen Aminatu is. And she also quickens up quicker than Queen Aminatu. She takes a couple strides to find top gear, whereas Manifith is almost push-button. So I'll take uh, the Shadwell horse in the 410 at Newcastle. And the next best is going to be a bit of a price, and that's Oviedo in the listed Burridan Stakes, the 115 at Newcastle that starts their card on Friday. Now, this race is super competitive. Uh, I understand that Arabian Storm is the favourite, and, and rightly so, given her recent uh, his recent course victory. It was very impressive, albeit it was a short price. Galeron's another danger for the informed Charlie Hill stable. I think he's 33% strike rate in the last two weeks. So that's you've got to take note of that for Galeron. But I'll take Oviedo at around 9 or 10 to 1. Ed Bethel's son of Lope de Vega was really impressive on debut last uh, summer. I think it was July. He was uh, sent off around three to one at Doncaster, came from last to first and looked really promising. Next time up, finished third in the Acom, a race won by Chaldean, who was one of the best two-year-olds around last year and could make up to one of the best three-year-olds this season. Then had two more starts last season, one on soft ground, one on heavy ground. Didn't seem to like the testing conditions either time. I think you can put a line through both of those efforts. Now comes back after a winter layoff where he's going to improve mentally and physically, returns to the all-weather, which I think is a nice angle, and the step up to a mile should definitely see him in better light. So I'll take Oviedo at the prices. Super competitive race, but he's the value play. 
Yeah, I liked that race. I thought uh, Galeron was interesting as well. Um, Charlie Hills is flying at the moment. Um, can't do much wrong. Obelix is fascinating after a break. Um, yeah, just a really good looking set of three-year-olds, aren't there? And that's what I love about this time of the year because you've got these three-year-olds. Some of them are fit after running over the on the all-weather of the winter. Some of them are fresh and have developed into properly strong, big, nice-looking types. So I'm getting off their three-year-old campaigns off to a start. So good race that, that 115. Um, as I said, I found it really difficult to separate um, uh, my selections out. Um, and I have gone for three. I'm going to give you three. So in the 150 at Newcastle will be my nap. This should have been a ring um, for Richard Hannon and Sean Levy. So we're hoping that they're going to have a good day with Mum's tipple as well in the championship condition state for the three-year-olds. Now, they stepped up to a seven furlongs last time for the Spring Cup. And I don't think the race actually worked out for him at all. I don't think he's a seven furlong horse, but I also don't think he necessarily massively suited Jamie Spencer, who wanted to do his classic sort of hold-up tactics. And he came with a good good finish enough, um, but I just don't think that was him at his, ver- his very best. I'd like to see Sean Levy, his regular partner, back on board. I think he actually was in, probably in somewhere in the Middle East that day. So he couldn't be, he couldn't ride. So I like to see him back on board and making more use to him. And I, I'm use of him. I think he's uh, got a, a very good chance here to get back to winning ways. He's a, a super talented horse. Um, so that should have been a ring in the 150. Um, and then my next best, I've got gone for, say if you will, in the 425 at Lingfield. It's the all-weather that bars Philly's handicap. Um, this is for Rob Hornby and Amanda Perra. I think... She possesses the best piece of form in the book. Yes, she was beaten seven lengths by Kingdom Come on her penultimate start, but you can't underestimate, and I'm sure TC has saw this horse win last night. Kingdom Come is a very, very useful horse who it was is way better than he was that day, and he's shown himself to be probably a hundred plus kind of animal. Um, so she didn't do anything wrong getting beaten by him, and then she actually she bat that. Uh, she franked that form by winning at Lingfield by a short head, must say, but she's a she's a kind of horse that only just does enough, so she's quite tricky for the handicapper to get right, and um, she's only up a pound for that victory. So I like to say, if you will, for Rob Horn- Hornby and Amanda Perrett, and then my final selection is Knowlton's Cross in the two twenty five at Newcastle. I think. Um, Midland Park are going to have quite a good day. They've got a lot of runners all over the place. And I was lucky enough to um, interview them. And they were saying that they were targeting all, um, this Good Friday for a lot of their runners. And I think Knowlton Cross being one of them is another horse that's just thrived over the winter months. I've really been impressed with him. Um, James Dawes back on board, who won on him earlier on in the year. I think the only time he's underperformed, really, this year is when he was beaten second. And that wasn't really underperformance. I just don't know if tactically he was given the best of rides um, by Oshin Murphy that day, which I hate to say. Um, but I think that um, uh, James Dawes back on board will um, will will hope to back up the victory at Wolverhampton last time. Um, and again, another very, very competitive looking race. That's the um, two mile and a half furlong marathon. Um, so that comes in at 2.25. So that's it. We have so much racing um, over the course of this bank holiday. Um, looking forward to getting stuck into it. Um, as I mentioned, we have got 
um, a entry preview special coming next week. Really looking forward to um, seeing what horses end up uh, finishing up the uh, the declared level of runners. But obviously, we've got the likes of Constitution Hill back. We've got a, a brilliant renewal, hopefully, of the bowl as well. So there's lots to get into. Um, so TC, Ross, uh, make sure to keep one eye on the jumps. I know, Ross, that goes without saying. But TC, don't forget, uh, you'll have to rethink, recalibrate uh, your mindset before we get back into the flat. And then we're rolling for the summer, aren't we, Ross? So uh, this is it. One last week, nearly. I hope I hope that's all right for you. <laughs> one last hurrah, and then I will I will knuckle down and and think about draw bias and pace maps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dust off those um, flat caps, and we'll get them we'll get them back rolling. Um, as always, a reminder that new SBK customers can get ten pounds in free bets by betting ten pounds. T's and C's always apply. Subscribe, like whatever podcast channel you listen to. Of course, you can also watch on our YouTube channel where there's loads of content from our SBK ambassadors, which include uh, the likes of George Bowie, who, as always, is just flying into the new season. So uh, make sure to not miss that. And we'll see you next week. Bye.